It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast for Wednesday, April 29th, 2020. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. If you enjoy this show, subscribe to it on your favorite podcast source and please leave it a good review. The 2020 NFL Draft, of course, is now complete and the Jets added nine new players over the weekend, or I guess you, you could say they added 10 new players if you count a trade that they made with the Indianapolis Colts. And it's a very big deal for these nine or 10 players. They are now members of the New York Jets. But this past weekend was also a very big deal for players who were already on the team because depending on whom the Jets did or did not draft, the players who were already here will either see their playing time potentially go up or down and their future with the team could be altered. And we're going to talk about those players today who was impacted by the draft. Some were impacted positively as far as their future with the Jets goes and some were impacted negatively. And I'm going to start by talking about a player who I think was impacted positively, and that is Vincent Smith. Now, we've discussed on this show, and I'm not the only one who said it, plenty of draft experts have said this, that this was one of the deepest classes in recent memory at the wide receiver position. And with the Jets on paper having a pretty weak group of wide receivers, I figured the Jets would take maybe two or three guys, but they only drafted one, Denzel Mims. And I think that leaves an opening for Vincent Smith. Now, Smith came to the Jets last year. He returned some kicks. He played wide receiver, even got a couple of rushing attempts on some end-around plays. He's a guy with a lot of speed. In fact, I, I know we have at least one listener who is a big fan of Vincent Smith because I talked a couple of weeks ago about Vincent Smith, about how I did would not think he was starting material. And I remember getting an email from somebody who essentially said very nicely, well, hey, John, I think Vincent Smith's going to be a quality starting receiver well i guess we'll see uh but with only the addition of mims that means vincent smith has an opportunity to get some playing time because the way i see it right now i think there's probably going to be a camp battle for the third starting receiver spot i think that jamison crowder is pretty much locked into the slot role i think brashad perryman we don't know how good Brashad Perryman is going to be, but given the fact that the Jets went out and signed him in free agency and gave him a couple million dollars, not the biggest contract in the world, but a fairly decent free agent deal, he's probably locked into one outside receiver spot. And the third spot's kind of up in the air, and I think it's probably going to be a camp battle between Mims and Vincent Smith. Now, I think Denzel Mims is a guy with a really bright future for the Jets. I think he's a guy who, if all goes right, could we could look back on him as a number one type receiver. But there are some things he needs to polish in his game. You know, his game needs some refinement. It may be a case where you start him off on the bench. I think if all things are equal, Mims probably gets playing time because they'll want to get him some experience. But I think Vincent Smith, if he outplays Mims in training camp, shows that he can be a big play threat. I don't think it's inconceivable that he starts the season as a starting wide receiver for the Jets. That doesn't mean Mims' career is over. It just means that maybe we wait until year two. I think if Mims is close, then he probably gets the nod as the early draft pick. But I think Vincent Smith now has a chance. 
And I'm not sure that necessarily would have been the case if the Jets had drafted multiple receivers because it would have been more of a logjam at the position. It would not have been a one-on-one battle because you'd be adding extra guys into a camp battle. And multiple drafted players versus Vincent Smith. Vincent Smith may have a tough time getting a starting job. I think one-on-one now, Mims is a very talented guy. There's no guarantees. But I think this weekend probably went about as well as it could have for Vincent Smith. That's not to say, you know, I I don't think there was ever a scenario where the Jets drafted no wide receivers. So the fact that they only drafted one means that it could could be a good thing for Vincent Smith. Now, if we want to talk about somebody whose future became less bright with the Jets, well, I guess I'd start with a guy who's technically not a member of the team right now because he's a free agent. That's Lachlan Edwards, who was, of course, a seventh round pick back in 2016. And originally the Jets were going to have him battle it out as a rookie in training camp with a guy named Tom Hackett, who they signed out of Utah as an undrafted free agent. But Hackett was the guy who was cut when the Jets re-signed Ryan Fitzpatrick right before the start of training camp in 2016. And from that point, Edwards has been the Jets punter, you know, got off to a bit of a slow start, but developed into a quality punter, you know, maybe not the best punter in the NFL, but a guy the Jets could rely on, always had a good hang time and, really, I think, reliable. Uh, really, all Reliable is the word that comes to mind for, for Lachlan Edwards. The Jets saw him hit free agency this offseason. I thought they would re-sign him, and they they did not. They went in, The fact they went into the draft really needing a punter. I, you know, I don't think that anybody believed that Ian Berryman, who was the punter who was under contract, was going to just be handed the job without any competition, and what the Jets did was they went out in the, in the sixth round. They drafted Braden Mann out of Texas A&M. Mann was a very decorated college punter. A lot of people view him as maybe the best punter prospect of this class and not just of this class, but last pu- best punter prospect of the last few years. And I think that that draft pick essentially closes the door on a Lachlan Edwards' return to the New York Jets. And I think Edwards will go somewhere else, and he'll do a pretty good job for for whoever his new team is. But if he was hoping to return to the Jets, it's not going to happen now Now that the Jets drafted Braden Mann. And I guess Berryman would be the other guy who's a loser because I just don't see how he wins the punter job. I think the Jets will bring two punters to camp. He always, I always think you bring two punters and two kickers to camp, even if you have somebody established, because in case you have an injury, you, you want to have somebody who can step into the role. You know, you don't have to go sign somebody before week one if you like your uh, punter or your kicker gets hurt during training camp. So I think for, for the purposes of insurance, it's a good thing to, to do. And it's always a good thing just to have somebody in camp who you can evaluate to see you know, if something goes wrong in season, then that could be your first call because you'll see, okay, well, this guy can kick for me. So I, I don't think there's any problem with that, but I think that Braden Mann right now would have to be the overwhelming favorite to win the punter job. And I think that his pick and I think it goes without saying that this is the end of Lachlan Edwards if Lachlan Edwards had any chance of returning through the Jets in 2020 it probably ended with the draft pick the Jets made in the sixth round this year for a limited time Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for their first seven days you download Postmates on iOS or Android find your favorites and get anything you want delivered within the hour to start your free deliveries, download the app and pr- use promo code LOCKEDONNFL. That's one word, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N-N-F-L. Again, LOCKEDONNFL, no spaces, 
for $100 of free delivery with no minimum purchase for your first seven days when you download the Postmates app. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On Jets podcast here on a Wednesday talking about the 2020 NFL Draft and players who were already on the team positively or negatively impacted by whom the Jets did or did not draft. And I think the next winner I would point to would be Chris Herndon. And let me explain why. Now, I think we all know Herndon had a nightmare of a second season for the Jets. Started with a suspension, then right as the suspension's about to end, four games, suffers a hamstring injury, which keeps him out more time. Misses misses a number of games. Finally returns against the Giants, Suffers another injury, knocks him out for the season. So he ends the year with one reception, which was disappointing because I was hoping this would be a breakout year for Chris Herndon. And it was not. Just a really a lost season. And this is the type of season that sometimes, not always, but sometimes sours a coaching staff in a front office on a player. Not always. And I don't I think that's probably the case here. But you have to remember Chris Herndon was not a draft pick of Joe Douglas. Adam Gase was not the head coach when the Jets picked him. Mike McCagnan was the GM. Todd Bowles was the head coach. So in season, after seasons like the one Herndon just had, it's very easy for a head coach and a GM to sour on a guy, especially if, he, if you're not the one who drafted him. And Herndon only had one catch in 2019, so it was going to be interesting to see whether the Jets maybe were going to hedge their bets a little bit at the tight end position. And they did not. And I think that that's a positive sign for Herndon. And me personally, I'm expecting a big bounce back season for Herndon. I still like Herndon. Maybe I'm a little bit more skeptical than I was a year ago. I don't, I mean, you go through a year like that, I think with any player, you're not going to be quite as confident. I still think Herndon can bounce back. And yes, I know the Jets have Ryan Griffin and Wesco and Daniel Brown. Well, I mean, I wouldn't want to count on any of those guys. No offense to any of them. But I think that the fact the Jets did not draft a tight end, I was not expecting them to, but the fact they did not shows that there's still probably some degree of confidence in Herndon. So I think he's one of the winners of the draft. The Jets drafted the tight end relatively early. I think that probably would have been a bad sign for Herndon. Now you talk about our next loser. I think it has to be Chuma Edoga. I think if the Jets drafted a wide receiver in the first round, that would have been a good sign for Adoga because he would have been competing at best. You know, maybe the Jets go tackle in round two or round three. Well, Adoga was a day two pick a year ago, so he would be on kind of a level playing ground. But right now, I'd say Adoga was probably probably an underdog to get a starting job for the Jets uh, this next coming season because they gave George Fant a decent free agent contract again. Not a not not like the type of deal that ties the Jets to Fant for years to come. Not the type of deal that makes Fant one of the highest paid players in the league, but still a fairly sizable free agent contract. And then they draft Mekhi Becton with the first round pick. So now you're talking about last year's third round pick, who again was picked by a different general manager, although I kind of got the feeling Adam Gase liked Adoga. But 
guy who was a third round pick last year by a different general manager against this general manager's first pick in the first round. And I think that this makes it an uphill battle for Idoga to get a starting job, or at least more uphill than it would have been had the Jets gone with a wide receiver in the first round. I think if you were Idoga, you were hoping that they'd take CeeDee Lamb or Jerry Judy or Henry Ruggs. I don't think you, you, were, you wanted them to take a lineman because that could very well mean that Chuma Idoga is out of a starting role. And I, th- I still think Idoga could win a starting job. Now, Becton... Becton's game needs some refinements. Uh, there are some technical things that he needs to improve upon. So if Adoga goes out and plays great in training camp again, you know, great in the preseason, well, then he might he may still be able to earn a starting job. But he started the draft as the incumbent right tackle, and I'd say right now, you if you were doing a projection, you would have to presume that he's not. And I know you could probably say make the same argument about Vincent Smith, but I think the assumption was always that the Jets were going to draft a wide receiver early. And the fact they only got one because they could have drafted two is probably a good thing for Vincent Smith. When it comes to Adoka, there was a scenario, I think, where they felt they would feel confident enough to go with him to not draft a tackle. Now, I don't think that would have been the right move. Personally, I would have drafted the tackle, but I could have foreseen some scenario where they did not draft a tackle at least till day two, and that did not pan out, and I do not think that's a good sign for Adoga. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Locked On Jets podcast here on a Wednesday talking about players on the Jets who were impacted by the draft both negatively and positively. You know, my next winner is going to be a guy who I'm not entirely sure is going to be on the roster this year, but a guy who I still think comes out as something of a winner, and that's Avery Williamson, because if the Jets had drafted another linebacker, I, I, I don't think he would have I don't think he would have had a chance to stay on the roster. And I still think it's a little bit dicey for him because you still have Blake Cashman coming back. The Jets signed a number of linebackers in free agency. They brought back Neville Hewitt. They made a signing. They brought in uh, a linebacker from Baltimore. There's a lot of depth at the linebacker position. Williamson does have a big salary. And in all honesty, I'm not sure how much the Jets missed Williamson last year. Not It's not that Williamson's a bad player. It's just how much surplus value is he bringing to the team he was out the entire year last year. He's a great run stopper, and the Jets had one of the best run defenses in the league. And not just that, they have C.J. Mosley coming back. So even if you wanted to improve at the linebacker position, you can already do that without Avery Williamson. You still have C.J. Mosley coming back. So it's a uh, it, it was a situation where I think one more linebacker definitely would have guaranteed that Williamson was gone. I'm still not sure he's in great shape right now. Again, because of the salary, because of how many other guys the Jets have, but I still think he's in better shape than he would have been if the Jets had drafted the linebacker. Now, talk about another guy who I think was kind of a loser from the draft. I would say Bless Austin. And 
it's a bit odd to say that from the standpoint that the Jets really did not invest in the cornerback position until round five when they picked Bryce Hall. But Bryce Hall, I think, is a good prospect. I think I'm still skeptical Bryce Hall fell because of talent. I think it may have just been more the medicals because of what's going on right now. Teams cannot get teams teams could not bring him into the facility, get a good look at him, do private workouts with him. And I think that may have impacted. I think a guy like Bryce Hall was probably negatively impacted by something like that. And maybe that's the reason he fell. Because, I, again, I think this guy was probably a day-two prospect. I would not have had a problem. with. If you told me the Jets were going to draft him in the third round with one of their two third-round picks, I don't think I would have had a problem with that. But not only did they get Bryce Hall, they also traded for Quincy Wilson. They traded the sixth-round pick to the Colts for Quincy Wilson, who was the 10th player the Jets added over the weekend and it's not that i'm a big believer in quincy wilson to be honest with you that trade doesn't excite me very much i I don't think i don't think it was a super exciting trade i'm not expecting a ton out of quincy wilson but now there's there's a lot of competition at corner after adding bryce hall who again i think is talented and quincy wilson i mean i i feel like at at the corner position you probably have pierre desir i would assume based on reputation has one of the outside corner jobs locked up Maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe it's going to be a wide-open competition and Desir does not have a job handed to him. My read on the situation, though, is just based on his reputation and based on how unproven most of the Jets' corners are. Desir is probably going to be one of the starters. You have Brian Poole in the slot. But then the other outside corner, I mean, there's a lot of guys who are going to be competing for that job now. You have Bryce Hall. You have essentially the... 2018 Colts backups at corner. You have Arthur Mallett, who was a 2018 Colts backup. You have Nate Hairston. You have Quincy Wilson. All the Colts corners from 2018. In fact, this year was a Colts corner in 2018. Jets are trying to recreate the Colts 2018 corner group. The thing is, this year was really the only guy who was uh, a big part of that defense. But And then you have Bless Austin. So now, if you're Bless Austin, over the weekend, you've gone from having to compete with two guys, from, with two guys who you were higher on you were higher on the depth chart than last year to now five players or sorry four players because they added Wilson and Hall Austin is the fifth so that makes it that makes it trickier if bless Austin's going to win a starting job bless Austin was impressive for a sixth round pick a year ago but now now there, there's kind of uh, a log jam at the position he could still win the job and you know if he improves in the offseason works on his game and comes back you know a year healthier I mean, lots of guys, for lots of guys coming off a torn ACL, it takes two years to heal fully to get back to where they were. So it's quite possible Bless Austin ends up being the second best corner on the team. Quite possible he earns a starting job. But even though the Jets only invested late day three picks on him, I think it becomes a little bit shakier. So those those are the guys who really come to mind for me. I think other guys who could be impacted would be some of the players in the secondary with unclear contract statuses, Brian Poole, last year of his contract, Marcus May, last year of his contract, Jamal Adams, trying to work out a new deal. The Jets now have a little bit more insurance at the safety slash slot corner position, so they could be impacted a little bit. Um, Mike White, David Fales, the depth quarterbacks on the Jets, with the addition of James Morgan in the fourth round. One of those guys is not making the team. Maybe both of them don't make the team now. I think Brian Winters maybe a little bit. The, the addition of two offensive linemen, probably not good for him. 
the addition of Greg Van Roten in the offseason, the signing of Alex Lewis. You know, we're running low on spots for offensive linemen. Winter's expensive, could save the Jets money if cut. So maybe those are some of the other guys who are impacted. But I think we touched on the, the key guys on today's show. That's all for our episode. Thanks for listening. This is the Locked On Jets podcast. It's part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you like this show, subscribe to it, and please leave it a good review. Hope you have a great Wednesday, everybody. Send in your mailbag questions. Tomorrow we will do our weekly mailbag show. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.